might as well is an audio gallery that showcases the rejection of the binary frailties of good and evil in favor of truth told via comically allegorical jeremiads. In other words, Hasehamaumo. either love each other or we must die the powerball is now worth 1.9 billion dollars but how much will you have to pay in taxes if you win sarah o'brien over at cnbc did the calculation for us and she found that if you took the cash option which is what most people do you get 929 million dollars up front but the irs they're gonna want 24 percent of that right out of the gate that's 223 million dollars going right to the irs when you get paid but that's not it you then would have to pay the difference for the 37 and percent capital gains rate which means you owe the irs 120 million dollars more a couple of months later all in all you'd pay 343 million dollars in taxes to the irs and you'd only be left with just over 500 million dollars if you win the 1.9 billion dollar powerball welcome to might as well bitch buckle up this is not NPR. So without further ado, the great Maui Ma. I have been alive for 30 years. Right? Bruv, yo, at this rate, I'm a professional liver. Right? I've been alive for so long that I'm a professional liver. Bruv, drench me in alcohol. You fucking booze bags. The boysies are back and of course the booze is back. Right? And I'm back with the boysies. That's how it goes. The math is simple. When the booze is back, the boysies are back. And of course, hey, I'm back with the fucking boysies. That's how it works. Right? I don't have time for family. The booze is here. I gotta drink. Right? I gotta get boozed up. I gotta get drunk. I gotta lose myself to the music, the moment. I gotta, bruh, I gotta do it. I'm a piano is popping. I gotta do it. Right? I be out here just fucking stumbling all over the place, puking all over the place. Bruh, I gotta chanda. I'm a grown ass man. All we do is pee and chanda and shit, of course, as you do. All I'm saying is, I'm a grown ass man and I hit 30. This year. That's all I'm saying. Right? I said all of that shit to say this. I hit 30 this year. I've been alive for a long fucking time. Okay, bruv? Which means huh, I've seen some shit. Oh my god, I've seen some shit. Bruv, I've seen some very dark shit. 
I've been alive for 30 years. I'm a grown ass man. Respect my agency. My fucking balls hang low, bruh. I'm a grown ass man. I've seen some shit. Right? I've seen a lot of crazy shit. However, bruv, I have never seen some shit like this, bruv. Zanele. Sifuba. Right? Zanele. Sifuba. Inshaya chestin, boy. Inshaya chestin, injayam. Inshaya chestrap. Inshaya chestin, boy. Inshaya chestin, lepari. Bruv, yo. Zanele sifuba. Is fucking wild. Bruv, this is somebody's grandmother. Bruv, hey, hey, this is somebody, this is somebody's granny. Right? And she's out here rubbing her clit on FaceTime. And bruv, I get it. That was supposed to be a private moment. Right? And evidently, she shared herself with somebody that she trusted. Evidently. And that fucking asshole leaked that fucking tape because, because she didn't want to pay. Right? This fucking guy tried to blackmail Zanel Sifuba, right? Zanel Sifuba. Hey, you put a boy COVID Sifuba, right? Right? He tried to blackmail her like, hey, I got the tape. Now give me, now give me 300,000 rands or else. And evidently, Zanella Sifuba was like, hey, bitch, leak it. Right? And then this fucking guy from Nigeria leaked the fucking video. As you do. Right? As you do. When blackmailing somebody, you go, hey, I got the tape. I got, hey, I got the tape. <sighs> Pay me 300,000 or else. Or, uh, hey, or else. I drop it on Twitter. Pay me 300 zgoros. Or else you fucked. Right? And Zanina Sufuba was like, hey, bitch, leak it. If you're feeling froggy, leak. And then this fucking guy dropped the video. Right? He dropped the fucking video. Bruv, I've been alive for 30 years. Okay? 30 years. But bruv, I have never seen some shit like this, bruv. Yo, yo, South African man. We gotta give it up. Okay? At this rate, bruv, now we have to concede. Nigerian man are better. Because evidently, they have, bruv, they have South African women in the palm of their dicks because their dicks are alive, bruv. These fucking, hey, bruv, their dicks have jobs. Oga, Oga, I'm Igwe. My papa is Moa. I want to spend a hundred thousand naira. A hundred thousand million naira. Ninja. Their dicks are sentient beings. Their dicks be out here cooking jollof. Emma Bondin. Right? Bruv, hey, we gotta, we gotta give it up to Nigerian man. 
evidently they understand South African women. Right? And we, South African men, we don't understand South African women, bruv. I'm out here having misunderstandings with my mama. Right? Bruv, hey, our fucking ideologies diverge. Bruv, hey, let's just give it up. How about, how about, let's hand over South African women to Nigerian men, all of them. Let's ship them out. Let's ship these South African bitches to fucking Lagos, bruv. Yo, at this rate, Lagos is the new Eldorado. All fucking facts, bruv. Yo, dear Joe Burgers. Hey, where the fuck is the gold? Hey, dear, dear Joe Burgers. Where the fuck is the gold? You niggas be out here bragging. Oh, I live, I live in Joburg. Right, the city of gold. Where the fuck is the gold? The gold. Is in Abuja. Okay, bruv? The gold is in Lagos. Bruv, there's a fucking gold rush for Nigerian dick. Let's just. South Africa? South Africa? Let's just call. Bruv, let's call. Let's call a sentient dick a sentient dick. Okay, bruv? Let's call a piece a piece. A piece. Let's, bruv, let's call a peace a peace. Let's sign a fucking peace treaty and let's ship these bitches to Lagos. Because we don't understand South African women. Bruv, we gotta, now nah, we gotta concede. We gotta concede. <laughs> This is where you wake up before this can her son. Hey man, what's your business, man? What's your business? Now let me tell you something because you don't know nothing. What's the problem, man? Okay, tell me. How did set when I wear for body now take be your concern? How did they concern you, man? Your my concern, okay. He just they invite you. Wool up, nigga. Wool up, wool up, wool up. Just wool up. What's the business, man? Because I'm here with you. You think you're putting somewhere that huh. make you don't know nothing, man. You know what you are? EP, aka enemy of progress. Now, listen, have you been to South Africa before? Joe Borg, aka Johannesburg. You only been there before. Oh no way. You've never been to South Africa before. So me, you know what I'm saying? You get out of here right now. <laughs> what? You just they invite you to rushes. Do me a favor. Does the powder don't increase though? Do me a favor, please. Get out of here. Get out of here, man. Shit, you know what I'm saying? Get inibu. Get out of here for real. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here for real. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. You don't know nothing, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm saying, yo. We have to concede because evidently Nigerian men understand South African women, right? And evidently us, South African men, we don't get these bitches. Nigerian men understand that South African women have, have needs, right? 
They understand that these bitches have desires. These bitches, bruv, yo, these bitches are dirty girls. They dirty. Right? They just want to, bruv, they just want to get fucked. Okay, bruv, let's just call it what it is. South African women just want to get fucked. Okay? And by the way, me saying that is not me endorsing rape. You motherfuckers out there. You crazy lunatics. Bruv, I am not co-signing rape. I'm not saying rape bitches because they want to get fucked. No. Right? They want to get fucked consensually. Right? And Nigerian men understand this shit. Legit, bruv, they understand our women's sexual side, right? And evidently, we don't get it because we are out here debating with these bitches. When two elephants fight, the grass beneath it actually suffers. Listen to me, when I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm I'm not dumb. I'm a clever fitter. How to do that? I'm not we are out here debating with these bitches calling them names we are out here calling these bitches bitches right bro they just they just want to get cracked consensually of course right they just bro they just they just want to be they just want to be split open that's it right and nigerian man understand this shit bro nigerian man cracked the code they get it they fucking get it. Hence, bruv, yo, hence I'm proposing that we change Lagos. Bruv, yo, Lagos needs a name change. Okay? Lagos needs a fucking name change. That place, bruv, nah, Lagos is El Dorado. Lagos is Joburg. Lagos is Gauteng. Bruv, yo, Lagos is the city of gold. There's a fucking gold rush for Nigerian dick. All fucking facts, bruv. These are all fucking facts. Right? South African women are out here, bruv. Yo, these bitches, these bitches are yearning for Nigerian dick. Ship them out. Ship them out. Ship them out. Because, bruv, yo, here's the fucking paradox. Right? In South Africa, Nigerian men are in high demand. However, in Nigeria, Nigerian women don't really fuck with Nigerian man. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Bruv, Nigerian women want South African man. I mean, bruv, god damn it, what's going on? Bruv, hey, hey, bruv, I'm lost in the fucking sauce, evidently. South African men and women were born in the wrong fucking countries. South African men belong in Nigeria. And Nigerian man belong in South Africa, bruv. Yo, fam, what's going on? Hmm? Up is down, left is right, bruv. What the fuck is going on? Black is white. Right, but TIA, this is Africa, so black is black. Bruv, what the fuck is happening? It's crazy. 
Bruv, yo, yo, go on to, go, bruv, yo, hit up Twitter. Hit up Twitter right now. Hopefully you got Twitter blue. Hit up Twitter, bruv. Hopefully, hey, bruv, hopefully you have a fucking check mark. Hit up Twitter. Right? And just search, search, Nigerian man. What you'll see is a bunch of Nigerian women complaining about Nigerian man. Ain't that a bitch? Huh? Hey, hey, ain't that, ain't that, ain't that a bitch? Huh? It's a bitch and a half. So, bruv, hopefully you've got Twitter blue. But, bruv, if you are in Africa, right, TIA, you ain't got Twitter blue because that bitch hasn't launched yet. And, bruv, yo, who's at the fucking helm of Twitter? Oh, an African-American, Elon Musk. But evidently, he doesn't fuck with Africa. So, hopefully you got Twitter blue. And hopefully. Where the fuck is Twitter blue in Africa, bruv? Huh? Evidently, evidently, prestige has a price. Bring that shit to Africa. Right? Because all we have, bruv, yo, we ain't got Twitter blue, but all we have is fucking Smarties. Right? Yeah, that, that's a pack of Smarties. All we have is sweets. All we have is sugar. Evidently, these fucking white folks were like, hey, just, just dump the fucking glucose all over Africa. How about, how about just fucking, hey, just dump all of this garbage on Africa. Kill them. Kill them all. How about that? Kill them all. All we have in Africa is fucking diabetes and HIV. Kill them all. That's all these fucking white folks said, but I fucking digress. Nigerian women fuck with South African men. So South African men, how about let's take our talents? Oh, 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 oh. How about let's let's fly Nigerian bitches into our country and then let's ship South African women to Lagos. They'll be I Early in the morning, late at night. It don't even matter what time it is. Presidential rolling, RM, wait. Whenever I find time, it's okay. ATL Jacob, ATL Jacob. You pray for my demons, girl, I got you. Every time I sip on codeine, I get vulnerable. Annoying the sounds of the storm when it comes. She understand I can't take her everywhere a nigga going. I've been in the field like the children of the corn. I can hear your tears when they drop over the phone. Get mad at yourself cause you can't leave me alone. Gossip and messy, it ain't what we doing. Traveling around the world. Over the phone, dropping tears. I get my vulnerable when I do good. When you drunk, you tell me exactly how you feel. Exactly what it is. I'm for you, for you. Don't say it cause you know that's why I wanna be. Yeah. I've been trapping around the world. I sit on my balcony and wonder how you feeling. 
I got a career that takes my time away from women I cannot convince you that I love you for a living I be on your line, feelings flowing like a river You be texting back, you and Kiki on the river Message say deliver, but I know that y'all don't get it Why you introduce us if you knew that you was with him? Made me shake his hand, we all been fucking for a minute Walk me off the plane because you know that I'm a swimmer Supposed to be a dog, but you done put me in a kennel Girl, put a muzzle on it, all that barking over dinner I was fucking with you when you had a tiny presidential You got better when you met me and that ain't coincidental Tried to bring the best out, you guess I'm not that influential Guess I'm not the one that's mad for you I can hear your tears when they drop over the phone Get mad at myself cause I can't leave you alone Gossip and messages, that ain't what we doing Yeah Trapping around the world Over the phone, dropping tears I get more vulnerable When you drunk, you tell me exactly how you feel is no Cape Town. Lagos is no Durban. However, they'll be okay. Right? They'll be fine. Bruv, how about let's fly Thames into South Africa? Bruv, she already said she'll be there for us. Right? I'll be there for you, for you. Bruv, she already said she'll be there for us. I'll be there for you. Right? I'll be there for ya. Bruv, when I heard that, I was like, yo, is she talking to me? Who the fuck, who the fuck is Tams talking to, bruv? Is she talking to me? Bruv, I'm loyal. <laughs> okay, bruv, I'm loyal. I'm a married man, so evidently I'm a loyal motherfucker. Right? So, bruv, if Tams was talking to me, bruv, I'm ready. Let's fly her in. It's all good. Right? I mean, bruv, yo, yo, Nigerian men have South African women losing their fucking minds. Legit, bruv, I don't get it, right? I don't get it. Hey, Maui, Maui, it's all in the dick. It's all in the dick. Okay, 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 cool. Hey, it's all, it's all in the dick. I'm out here talking to myself. Hey, Maui, that's me. It's all in the dick. Okay, cool. I get it, it's all good, it's all good, I get it, it's all in the peace, but bruv, hey, I have, I have a peace too, god damn, right, bruv, hey, cock a doodle do, right, I got, I got a cock too, and my shit is the fucking I am Samani, bruv, right, my cock, my cock is the fucking I am Samani, bruv, I be, yo, listen, <laughs> listen, hey, that's what it is, Right? All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, don't get it. But, but evidently, Nigerian men understand South African women. Right? They found their match in the fucking green and white. And it's a beautiful thing, bruv. TIA, after all. 
right? TIA, right? At the end, at the end of the day, we are keeping it in house. It's still TIA, right? Lest you, hey, bruv, lest you forget, dear South African, lest you forget that South Africa is in Africa. I think some of you motherfuckers forget that fact. Some of you niggas forget that y'all are in Africa. We are in a third world continent. Lest you forget. Right? I'll be there for you. Stop it. Chick is crazy. I'll be there for you. Relax. Jesus fucking Christ, bruv. Right? You got my niggas. You got my niggas going crazy. I hear singing. I hear singing off key and shit. I'll be there for you. You're the dirty and shy boy. Right? Hey, bruv. All I'm saying is, yo, Nigerian man. Have South African women going crazy, bruv. We have people's grandmothers out here rubbing their clits on camera. Bruv, hey, what the fuck is going on, bruv? Huh? Zanella COVID-19. Sifuba, she's out here rubbing her clit. <laughs> on camera. Bruv, what? What? Zanella chest pain. Sifuba, she's out here rubbing her clit. <laughs> she's out, bruv, hey, she's out here rubbing her clit. On FYI, sidebar, I'm a married man. So it's all jokes. Hey, Thames, hey, no, whoa, hey, just joking. Okay? When I heard that song, I, I didn't react like that. I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't go, oh, is she talking to me? Hey, hey, it's all, it's all, it's all comedy. <laughs> it's all, hey, hey, Thames, it's, it's all comedy. And, and plus, you, you are taller than me. You, you Thames, Thames is humongous. She's a mountain, right? You are a fucking mountain to climb. I, I, I can't do that. It's a fucking mismatch. Right? It's a hey Thames, Thames. It's a mismatch. I can't. I'm married. Listen, I'm a family man. I can't do that shit. Right? Okay, I can't do that shit. I did all of that shit for comedic effect. Hey Thames, you gotta forgive me. I get it. You'll be there for me. Cute. Keep it moving on to the next one. Right? Jesus fucking Christ, bro. Yo, we have people's grandmothers out here rubbing their fucking clits on camera. Disgusting. Right? And I get it. I get it. Right? We are all sexual beings. But, hey, how about, how about you are a fucking leader, ma'am? Hey, hey, dear, dear Zanelle. Dear, dear Zanella, see, see, boy, dear, dear Zanella, Sifuba, how about, how about you are a leader, though? Huh? Bruv, Zanella Sifuba is a member of the ANC, the ruling party. Bruv, hey, a young and strong Nigerian man. <laughs> Released a fucking sex tape of Zanele Sifuba, who, by the way, is the speaker of the ANC's Free State Legislature. And, bruv, this fucking guy demanded 300,000. 
right? This nigga tried to blackmail Zanelle COVID. Bruv, hey, hey, the fuck is going on? Huh? This nigga, this nigga demanded that Zanelle Sifuba should pay 300 grand in order for him to, you know, not release the video. And Zanella Sifuba was like, hey, we ain't doing that. Baby, go, pay that, go, go. Bitch, go on here, being over. Bitch, go and shake that ass. Go and shake it. Bitch, go on here, being over. Bitch, go and shake that ass. Go and shake it. Bitch, go on. Ooh, wee. Look what that money maker bitch do. She was like, hey, brother Abuja, we ain't doing that. Leak the fucking video if you want. Right? And the video is nasty. She's out here robbing her clit while this fucking guy is stroking his piece, jerking the fuck off. Nasty! It's disgusting! Right? It's fucking disgusting, but evidently, evidently, that fucking private moment was recorded by this fucking asshole. And then this nigga, you know, he decided to, to start asking for shit. He decided to stop making demands. He was sick and tired of fucking Zanelli. Hey, TP, Yabulala, Sifuma! Right? He was like, hey, bruv, hey, I'm tired of fucking your old ass. I want to make money now. It's my time to shine. Okay, I wanna buy myself a VW Tonton. Le polo right, vivo, Right? Bruv, hey, this nigga wants to buy a whip. This nigga wants to take care of his family in Lagos. And by the way, Lagos is sinking, FYI, just say it. Right? He wants to help his family. Lagos be out here flooding every single year, bruv. It never stops. He wants to help his people. He's hustling. Right? You gotta respect the fucking hustle, bruv. Nigerian men are hustlers. And evidently their hustle is South African women. It's a beautiful thing. The math, bruv, the math works out. Right? South African women, balashile. And these niggas are opportunists, and guess what? Guess what? Bruv, hey, guess, hey, these niggas are opportunists, and guess what? If the fucking opportunity presents itself, you gotta, hey, you gotta fucking jerk off first, right? Jerk off first, and then scoop it up. Right? If the fucking opportunity presents itself on a fucking silver platter, you gotta jerk off first. Right? Empty your fucking balls. And then, and then, you know, once you are clear-headed, right? Get to the bag. Get to the money. That's how it works. The math is simple. And these fucking Nigerian dudes understand that. Right? They have South African women just fucking, bruv. You're losing their morals. Zanele Sifuba is a granny. How old is she? What, 50 plus? 60 plus, bruv. Hey, what the fuck is going on, bruv? Our grandmothers now want to be just like Chris Jenner. It's crazy. What the fuck is that? Huh? 
What the? Like, bruv, hey, bruv, I'm recording this shit at night. And now there's somebody just fucking, what, whistling or, or something squeaking? Like, what, what's going on? Right? What time is it? I'm recording this at 8.30 at night. Right? I mean, bruv, it's too early to start practicing witchcraft. It's too early to start playing with black magic. But these days, these days, witches start early. Right? They get to the fucking voodoo early. And listen, bruv, I salute that. Right? I salute that. I think, hey, listen, when you are working on something or someone, right? I believe that, you know, starting early shows that you are serious about your work. Right? And these days, witches in South Africa, they start bewitching others early. And listen, bruv, I salute that. I commend that. It's a beautiful thing. Their fucking work ethic is unmatched. You gotta, bruv, hey, you gotta get to the money. That's how it works. Right? Jerk off first. That's the fucking math. Jerk off first and then get to the bag. Right? And of course, these fucking witches, you know, they jerked off first. And now they are getting to the fucking bewitching. That's how it should work. It's a beautiful thing. But I fucking digress. Right? South African women are out here just fucking losing themselves, bruv. Right? They're out bruv, it's crazy, fam. This is insane. Zanele Sifuba is all over social media robbing her clay because she couldn't resist a young, hey, a young stallion man. Right? A young, strong Nigerian man. She couldn't. She couldn't help herself. Right? There's a fucking gold rush for Nigerian dick in South Africa, bruv. Right? Lagos is the new Joburg. Lagos ke Gauteng. Let's just call it what it is. We live in a crazy fucking time, bruv. This shit is embarrassing. What the fuck is going on with the ANC? Huh? What's happening over there, bruv? ANC leaders always get caught up in some sexual shit especially especially the ones who wear glasses like bruv if you are an ANC leader right who rocks glasses because evidently you are fucking hyperopic or myopic bruv hey this what it is choose my cantana choose hey bruv pick your fight pick your fight Right? Are you myopic or are you hyperopic? Which one is it? What's wrong with your fucking optics? Huh? Visit Hogger Optical. Right? The spectacle miracle. <laughs> bruv, hey, listen, bruv. If you are an ANC member who can't see clearly, evidently 2020 is not your thing. Right? 2020 vision, you don't do anything. Ah, nah, 2020, you don't fuck with 2020. Why would you? Nah, we lost everything in 2020. Right? We lost we lost money. We lost opportunities. And bruv, hey, if you are Nigerian, you are pissed at 2020 because many, hey, and I mean many, uh, opportunity presented themselves and you couldn't, bruv, you couldn't take advantage. Right? Here's my fucking Niger, Niger brothers. Are uh, you fucking compensating? Right, but I fucking digress. 
If you can see clearly now, bruv, hey, if you are an NC leader who can't see shit, you are, you know, you are libidinous as fuck. You, you and Sax and Jay belong in the same WhatsApp group, bruv. Your fucking libido is high as fuck. Bruv, yo, Zanella Sifuba. Yo, fam, yeah, is this? She has, she has gray pubic hair, bruv. I, I mean, this is somebody's mom. You know? This is somebody's, uh, uh, bruh, she has gray pubic hair. That's how, that's how old she is. Okay? Niggas be out here calling her Mazette. Oh, yo, yo, guys, hear me out, right? Motherfuckers be out here posting pictures of Zanelle A.T.P. Abulal. Sifuma! Right? Hey, bruv, Sifuma! Hey, bruv, Sifuma! R.I.P. to Flaba because he got stabbed in the Sifuma! R.I.P. R.I.P. Right, Sifuma means chest. What you want? Yeah. Who you want it from? Show your phone, I get me cuz. What you need? Follow my lead. Yeah, 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 speed. You can fly All the time. Amen. Petty old man. I'm a businessman in this rap. You a stick in the business. What I'm trying to say is, Gunas in Respect your shit, I'm a teacher. I'm a pistol when you cherry or push it to Sita. When I want, I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna two liters. I'm not sorry to say this, but I guess I don't feel it. Oh, I got that new is who pebbles was feeling. I'm telling you, Ghost Rider, I ain't gonna sell you this silo. Hello. Everyone's happening. Miss Officer. 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 Everyone's happening. I want a chick with a cute tattoo. Never do the cheddar shine on the Pentium too. Jalo Mogang wanna flab and gully Pentium too. Now it's every chick's dream of Gung Bamba Pambi. Mina Flemashem, Yazang Feely. Yeah, so yas bottom of Twilis Feely. Since you rap on a lazy, yes, she's in me cuckoo. Sexy chicks say, Nkuli, you too cool. Chicken is go, cuckoo look cuckoo. In case you're wondering, what's the real cause? So what's the value cause? I got demanded divorce. Who said like it, man? I gave a divorce. What up, son? Miss officer. Miss officer. Miss officer. Miss officer. Miss officer, sweetie. Why don't you bend over and crack it some more, sure? Miss officer. Yeah. 
Motherfuckers be out here posting pictures of Zanella Sifuba like a chance did I right? Sifuba like a chance right? Ask you some sorry. I guess Yamer. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Bruv. Motherfuckers be out here going, yo, yo, hear me out. Hear me out, guys. She has a big ass though, ne? She can get it. Mazette. Mazette can get it. Look at her. And I'd be like, yo, listen, sure, 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 right? Sure, she's, she's, she's zaftig, right? Hey, bro, hey, I got, I got big words on deck, right? Right? And the villa, and the villa Mazet Rambona on deck, right? She, she's zaftig, bro, I got big on deck. I got big on deck. Big words on, on deck. She's fucking zaftig. We get it. But she's somebody's grandmother. Okay? Niggas be out here talking about Zanella's fucking chest did I Good chest did I Motherfuckers be like, yo, for Uma Zet in Tona Yazin, Ninga Heti Pulet in Sham Shabang chest trap. And I be like, what? <laughs> I be like, bruh, hey, you niggas are willing to die for. For Zanella chest did I think for Zanella's ass? You niggas, bro, you niggas are willing to die for Zanella. Your border boy on guy cough drops. Bro, y'all are willing to die for her ass. Niggas be out here talking about eating him chest trap, boy. Eating him, eating him chest trap and jam. It's yebona le andun entona ngatile bola. Ye welcome eating him chest trap, boy. I'll be like, what? I'm like, you niggas, you niggas are nasty. You niggas are nasty. Her fucking pubic hair is gray. You, you niggas, you niggas are nasty, bruv. Get yourself a youngin. Stop playing with them, Ryan. You thought I was killing you? No. 
That nigga munch, nigga either he ate it for lunch. Bitch on my body, I get what I want. Like you thought I was feeling you? Now I was feeling you. That nigga munch, nigga either he ate it for lunch. Bitch on my body, I get what I want. Like bitch say bad, let's keep it a bean. Know they be mad, I be on the scene. Ask too if I can't fit in a jeans. Use my steps, but it's not what it seems. I got that ready, I'm keeping it clean. Fucking with niggas that's toting a beam. Saying you love me, but what do you mean? Pretty ass fucking me like that I'm mean. Baddest bitch, how you shitting me? If you ain't a body, can't sit with me. I swear that these bitches my mini me. If you gon' lead a wild quarter life, bruv, do yourself a favor. Okay? Tolintangako boy. Get somebody your age or somebody who's around your age group. Don't be out here dying for old bitches. Right? Zanele Sifuba is a fucking comrade. <laughs> okay, bruv? Like, dude, hey, she's a long-serving ANC member. I mean, bruv, come on, fam. This fucking bitch has probably witnessed Sophia Town. She was there when Miriam Makeba started. She was there. Right? Banabashapadipogompeta. She was there. When, when Huma Sigela started, she was there. When Sipo Hot Sticks, <laughs> Mabu, <laughs> was out there just fucking up bits of she was out there, bruv. She witnessed Harari, bruv. She was there. She was there. And you niggas, you niggas, how you gonna go? Yo, you niggas are willing to die for a bitch with gray pubic hair? I mean, come on, bruv. Do better. You niggas are fucking nasty. Get somebody young. Like my dog. Booth. Bruv. Hey, get somebody your own age. Legit, bruv. Get somebody young. Get yourself a fucking PYT. Because where? Not yourself. You are a PYT. Some of you niggas are ugly. But some of you niggas are PYTs. Some of you motherfuckers are twinks. Let's just call it what it is. Right? Some of you niggas look like bitches. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Right? Some of you niggas are PYTs. So, bruv, get yourself a PYT. Don't be out here fucking these old bitches. You niggas are nasty. Right? You niggas are nasty, bruv. Move like my dog. <laughs> Matthew Booth. This fucking guy is cheating on his wife. Sonia Booth and Sonia, bruv, yo, she dropped, she dropped the entire fucking scandal on Instagram, right? It got, it got messy. Alors, attends, vous êtes en grand écran. Alors, ami. attends, Laure, je mets sur pause. On a un invité spécial. Je demande l'attention de tout le monde. Il a envie de lancer son propre chant. Bonjour, Omar. Bonjour à tous. Il <laughs> 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 y a Omar. <laughs> Mais... Messi, 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 and it works. Et c'est parti, ça y est. It got nasty. It got messy. It got, it got, it got too, too shade roomy for me. It got too much. I was like, this is, this is becoming TMZ-ish right now. Okay, bruv, how about, how about hold on to some of this shit? How about keep some of this mess private? How about that? We get it, he's cheating. 
He's out here baking on marula cheesecakes. Bruv, hey, that sounds that sounds delicious. Right? He's out here baking cheesecakes for his fucking side piece. Like, bruh, hey, and his timing was off. Because when he baked the cheesecake, it was around his son's birthday. So the entire family thought, yo, daddy is baking a cake for your birthday. Hey, Noah, Noah, your dad is baking a cake for you. And then it turned out that the cake was for the side piece. This fucking guy is out here making, making dishes. For side dishes, I mean, bruh, it got, it got, it got, it got messy, it got, it got, it got, it got messy, it got fucking, bruv, yo, our legend, <laughs> right, our legend, bruv, yo, Sonia kept on emphasizing the fact that Matthew Booth is a fucking soccer legend in South Africa, oh, your legend, He's out here baking cakes. He's out here dipping into our fucking child's college fund to finance his cheating ways. He's a nasty man. Right? I mean, bruv, it got... It got... It got... It got... It got messy. It got... It got... It got... It got... Bruv, it got... It got... It got bad. It got bad. Matthew Booth, bro. Yo, yo, I saw the picture, bro. Yo, I saw a fucking picture of Matthew Booth baking a cake for his side bitch. I mean, bro. Yo, we live. Yo, South Africa is a movie, dude. <laughs> we live in a crazy fucking town. Legit, everything is handing in South Africa, bruv. Everything is happening at the same damn time, bruv. South Africa, you motherfuckers are nasty. Right? South Africans are fucking nasty, bruv. Legit. And this bitch, bruv, you're the side piece. A girl or a woman or a lady by the name of Bongani Mola. And by the way, by the way, Matthew Booth is white. Okay, let's just, let's just get that out the way. Okay, he benefited from the fucking apartheid regime, you know, white privilege, etc. He has the land. Okay? He has the fucking land. So our sisters, our Sonia Booth, so, right? They, they're trying to get the land back and, yeah, listen, she's gonna get the land. Because Sonia Booth, Mfazwa Pap, Mfazwa Pap, she let it be known that, hey... We got married in community of, of, of property. So I own your shit. Right? I own. Hey, bruv. Hey, I own your shit and you own my shit. It's 50 50. Right? No fucking prenups. None. No fucking. Hey, bruv. No prenuptials. None. Right? Because love. Right? Because love. Because I believe that you deserve everything. You deserve a slice of my empire. Even though, you know, Matthew Booth's empire. Right? Get his sundowns. Get his Ajax. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not really an empire. He was a soccer player. He made a couple of fucking G's here and there. But, hey, he's no, you know, he's no Elon Musk. Right? He's no Billy, he's no Billy Harry Gates, though, right? He's no Billy, though. 
He ain't got, he ain't got them fucking billies and billies and billies. He's no, hey, he's no fucking Marlene Engelhorn. He ain't got that type of bag, dog. You feel me? He's doing okay. He's got a good job at fucking Supersport, and evidently Supersport was like, hey, we ain't dropping this nigga, bruv. Hey, multi-choice is going through a tough fucking time, right? Multi-choice is going through a fucking turbulent moment. They're losing money hand over fist. On top of that, their fucking talent is out here fucking the talent. <laughs> Just joking. You know, like the talent is out here fucking other talented people. You know, it's, 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 it is what it is. You know, comedy, you know, right? Comedy, yeah, comedy. You know, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Bruv, hey, we live in a crazy fucking time. Buckle the fuck up. Bruv, hey, Matthew Booth is white. Okay? That fucking tangent went on for too long. <laughs> Matthew Booth is white. His wife, Sonia Booth, is black. And the bitch that he cheated on his wife with is also black. And her name is Bongani Mola. Bruv, hey, Bongani Mola doesn't give a fuck. Okay? She doesn't give a a fuck, bruv. Yo, listen to this bitch. She's different. This is literally a day after Matthew Booth's cheating ways was fucking exposed. This is her, right? Literally a day, less than 24 hours after Sonia Booth dropped this fucking cheesecake bombshell. Listen to Bongani Mola. She's an animal. She's different. Listen to this shit. Morning, location Sila. I am loving Virgin Active's new campaign. So, we are the ones who dare. We're the ones who dare to live, the ones who dare to move, the ones who dare to carry on under difficult circumstances. We are the ones who dare. So, dare and uh, keep it moving. Get to a Virgin Active near you today. Um, have a beautiful day. And so, now it is on to, you know it, the next. Nah, she's different. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Bruv, yo, she's fucking different. Okay, bruv? She's got ice in her veins. You hear me, bruv? She's got that fucking mamba mentality. She's different. She's cut, bruh. Hey, she's cut from that fucking Hugo Boss cloth. Right? Look, bruv, yo, she's all here moving like a fucking Nazi. Her whole vibe is militant. Nah. Bruv, you heard her, bruv. Yo, we are the ones who dare. <laughs> bruv, yo. Yo, dude. Yo, I'm scared. I'm scared. Bruv, yo, I'm shook. Okay, bruv? Fam, yo, she's so different that I had to change locations. Okay, bruv? Fam, yo, after hearing that shit, I had, I had to change the fucking location, bruv. Nah, 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 she's, yo, she's a fucking killer. Legit, bruv, she doesn't give a fuck. Bruv, yo, this bitch just got exposed as a side chick. Okay? Literally, bruv, yo, 24 hours. Prior to this fucking clip dropping, bruv, yo, she got exposed as a side bitch. Okay? 
Matthew Booth was out here fucking her on the side. Bruv, hey, she got exposed by Matthew Booth's wife. And by the way, FYI, <laughs> Bongani Mola <laughs> is also married to a white man. God damn it. Evidently, our sisters here, bruv, yo, they are, <laughs> they are working hard. Bitch-ass white boy. Kirizamazama man. Bazama man. Right? They're making an effort to get the fucking land back. They're working hard. Right? Our sisters over here, bruv, they're working hard. Right? They're out here, bruv, yo, fighting battles in the fucking F3 Forum trenches, bruv, trying to get the land back. Bruv, Sonia Booth and Bongani Mola are out here actively, right? They're out here actively retrieving the fucking land. They're basically applying every single thing that Julius Malema talks about. Bruv, Sonia Booth and Bongani Mola should actually build together, right? They should come together, they should work together, and they should build together instead of destroying. Their fucking behavior over the past few days has been destructive. Okay, bruv? However, their ideology and the way they live their fucking lives is constructive. So they need to come together. Right? These bitches, bruv, these bitches can get the fucking land back. They're out here fucking white, man, bruv. They have these white boys losing their fucking minds. Legit. I mean, bruv, yo, yo, salute to Sonia Booth and Bongani Mola. Get the fucking land back. Okay? Infiltrate every forum. Infiltrate the fucking DA and get the fucking land back. Right? Pull up to Orania. Get the land back. That's what life is all about. Fuck all of this fucking cheesecake shit. Bruv, get the land back. But I fucking digress, bruv. Bongani Mola is an animal. Bruv, how do you drop... Fam, how do you drop a video like that? <laughs> huh? Like, bruv, less than 24 hours. <laughs> after being... After getting exposed. I mean, yo, that's some... That's some fucking psychopathic type shit, bruv. That shit right there, nah. Nah, 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 nah. She's a fucking psychopath. She's different. Right? And bruv, what's up with her fucking lashes? She's got, yo, she's got the biggest eyelashes I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, yo, ha-ah, bongani, no, 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 no. Your eyes, your eyes be out here telling tales. Bruv, I'm scared of the fucking anecdotes in your eyes. Your eyes are scary. You are scary, bruv. Yo, how do you drop a fucking video like that? Bruv, this bitch, hey, fam, she's at a gym. What, what? Bruv, she took her talents to Virgin Active. She's at a fucking gym. What, what, huh? Talking about, talking about, <laughs> talking about 
We are the ones who dare. Wait, what? Bruh, huh? We are the ones who dare to move. We are the ones who dare to carry on under difficult circumstances. Bruh, she's different. She's an animal. She's ready for the fucking smoke. All fucking facts, bruv. She's different. Bruv, when I grow up, I want to be just like her fucking lashes. How about that? When I grow up, bruv. When I grow up, I want to be just like Bongani Mola's lashes, bruv. I want to be out here flapping for no reason. Right? Making it windy for no reason. Her fucking lashes are crazy, bruv. Yo, when I grow up, I want to be just like her fucking lashes. Legit. She's an animal. She's fucking different, however. However, I legit believe that if these fucking women came together, bruv, yo, they could achieve some amazing shit. Legit. Legit, bruv, they could achieve some amazing fucking shit, bruv. And of course, I'm... I'm surrounded by dirt. You heard that? Right? that. It's a fucking rapper. Right? Evidently somebody was eating sweets in the fucking studio. You know? Know what I mean? Like, nigga, hey, all we got is diabetes. All we got is sugar. Right? That's all we have. This is Africa, bruv. This is South Africa, Tess Arnold, of course. That's all we got. Right? This fucking, yo, there's candy wrappers all over the place. We have fucking, hear that? That's a fucking bottle, you hear that? Hmm? That's a fucking Coca-Cola bottle. All we have is diabetes. Right? And by the way, by the way, these fucking bottles don't get recycled. FYI. Okay? Recycling is a fucking myth. Okay, bruv? Plastic recycling is a myth, according to a study. Bruv, the environmental nonprofit Greenpeace USA says that its new analysis provides more proof that plastic recycling is nothing but a myth. Okay, so these niggas are just fucking, just killing themselves with Coca-Cola and then dumping these fucking plastic bottles all over the place as if. As if these fucking bottles are gonna get recycled. Bruv, plastic recycling is a myth. Yep. You can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. And by the way, FYI, this study was conducted in the USA. Right? So, bruv, my question is simple. If the richest country in the world is struggling to recycle its plastic. What's going on in Africa? What's going on in Nigeria? What's going on in Senegal? What's going on in Morocco? What's going on in South Africa? What's going on in Lesotho, you know, Justin J J U S T. Hey bruv, hey, what's handing in over here? Bruv the new research shows that of the 51 million tons of plastic waste U.S. households generated in 2021, just 2.4 million tons, or around 5%, was recycled. Let that shit sink in. Okay, 
to. These fucking niggas are out here fucking, you know, eating sweets, drinking Coca-Cola. Bruv, hey, plastic recycling is a myth. Okay, bruv? How about, hey, how about pour your fucking Coca-Cola in a paper bag? How about that? Huh? How about that? And then sip it using a fucking paper straw. How about that? Right? We are struggling. The world is struggling, bruv. Hey, listen. If America is struggling to recycle its plastic, bruv, guess what? Hey, the whole world is struggling. Okay? Okay, bruv? Because America is the whole world. These are all fucking facts. Nothing happens without the U.S. dollar. Thank you, Bretton Woods Agreement. Right? They fucking abolished. What the fuck was? What the fuck was that? What the fuck, bro? Hey, some shit just shot up. What the fuck? The fuck? What's going on? Am I gonna die? Is this it? Huh? Is this it, bro? Should I get myself an AK-47 and start, you know? And start peeking through my fucking window like like I'm Malcolm X. Bruv, hey, what's going on? Is somebody is somebody trying to kill me? I fucking digress. Okay, bruv, nothing happens without the dollar. These motherfuckers eradicated the gold standard. And now the gold standard is in Lagos. Bruh, hey, bruh, hey, bruh, we are fucked. And South African women are, you know, fucked by Nigerian men. That's just how it goes. But I fucking digress. Recycling is never going to solve the plastic waste crisis. Said Lisa Ramsden. Hey, Lisa, I agree. Right? Lisa Ramsden is the senior plastics campaigner for Greenpeace USA. What what the fuck? Yo, dude, imagine being a senior plastics campaigner. The fuck is that? Do you get paid for that shit, bruv? Hey, that's the first thing every single African parent would ask you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Now lean, makotin, nifunutin, pangan bono mama, heh, angan betanga pin, yo. Hey, you banning dim, keep it clean. Yeah, just keep it clean. I don't drink booze, quachuma. I don't lick pussy, quachuma. I don't smoke weed, quachuma. I'm a cool kid, quachuma. I don't drink booze, quachuma. I don't lick pussy, quachuma. I don't smoke weed, quachuma. I'm a cool kid, quachuma. Now let underwear. Ayah, suba kwa mikrosa, yanzo 
smoke weed, kwachuma. I'm a cool kid, kwachuma. I don't drink booze, kwachuma. I don't leave pussy, kwachuma. I don't smoke weed, kwachuma. I'm a cool kid, kwachuma. I trap a man dumbi, kwachuma. As me to sang a bomb, a man dumbi, kwachuma. So chola kana te timna. Kwachuma munga zu fuck it tattoo boy. Kwachuma mdingu nondo tamna. Kwachuma. Omye wati baby kum nam tela kuma mi iPhone. Dizoy tengela umam. Omkolo wamuka lanzo nika umam. So zendi tipaka mam kam backbone. Dizoy tipaka mam mama backbone kwe ya mi CV. So fucky photo kama mam. Kano tengi moti fransi teka mamam Kin, di ya mtandu mamam Di mtanda kakulu kaya siti sana lam Kin, di superhero mamam So tengi matching outfits is nilbe no mamam I don't drink booze kwa chuma I don't lick pussy kwa chuma I don't smoke weed kwa chuma I'm a cool kid kwa chuma I don't leave pussy, watch your mom. I don't smoke weed, watch your mom. I'm a cool kid, watch your mom. You'll be out there all fucking excited and hopped up on plastic, right? Going, hey, mamo, I'm a, I'm a senior plastics campaigner for the Greenpeace USA, right? And then your mom be like, congratulations. Now, how much you pay? How much you pay? Noah, Noah, how much you pay? Your papa, your papa left me, yo. Your papa made cheesecake for that, for that witch. Mrs. Mola. Your papa left me the moment he made the cheesecake off for Mrs. Mola. How much you pay? Congratulations. You play with plastic, you make toys, you make Barbie. Is that what you do? You make Barbie. How much you pay? That's all they care about. Right? Oh, fuck. Yo, bruv, African parents don't give a fuck what you do. You be out there going, Hey, mamo, I, I almost won the Ballon d'Or. Right? That's fucking Sadio Mane. Ah, man, I hope. I hope he gets better. Right? Because he got hurt. I hope he plays in the fucking World Cup, bruv. I've always said, I've always said that Sadio Mane is better than Mo Salah. That's just me. That's just me, though. Right? But I fucking digress. Mamo, I'm, I'm the second best player in the, in the world, though. How much you pay? That's all they care about. Right? That's all they care about, bruv. They don't give a fuck about, oh, mama, I'm a star. They be like, yeah, you, are you a moon, too. You a star, you a moon, too. <laughs> bruv, a fluffy marshmallow planet sounds... Sounds adorable, however, it ain't adorable because astronomers recently discovered an unusually fluffy Jupiter-sized planet akin to a marshmallow that may be the latest dense gas giant ever recorded orbiting a red dwarf star. So basically, this fucking marshmallow is hello. It's hello. Get the hell into Sadanda, bruv. Right? That's where the fucking devil resides. What the fuck?
That's where the God that the Church of Scientology worships lives. These are all fucking facts. What the fuck is going on, bruv? This fucking Danny Masterson story, bruv. Jesus fucking Christ, bruv. Yo, yo, Hollywood, Hollywood is a nasty fucking place. Legit. It's a nasty place. Bruv, a judge presiding over Danny Masterson's trial tried to keep the Church of Scientology out of the courtroom, but he failed. Or is it a she? Who knows? They failed. <laughs> Bruv, hey, key witnesses have already opened Pandora's box, highlighting what makes the church tick. The women testified that the church covered up their rapes and protected Masterson, who's a lifelong member of the Church of Scientology. Bruv, hey, I remember watching The Ranch, okay? On Netflix, I think I saw so maybe like what two episodes, right? And I saw this fucking guy from that '70s show, right? I saw Danny Masterson, and I was like, hmm, right. Well, there's two dudes from that '70s show. I mean, one of them is is Ashton, right? Ashton Kutcher. But but I saw Danny Masterson. Come on out, you rapist! Bruv, I saw old boy, and I was like, there's something wrong with this fucking dude. And boy, was I right, because evidently this fucking guy is a rapist. What the fuck is going on at that church? Why is the Church of Scientology a thing? That fucking church is a hellscape. Evidently. Evidently, it's a fucking hellscape like Ukraine. Which, by the way, is morphing into Syria because the United States of America sent high-tech nuclear weapons to their NATO bases amid rising tensions with Russia. Bruv, the deployment of B-6112 tactical bombs to Europe comes after Moscow held military exercises showcasing its own ballistic capabilities. Bruv, why? Huh? This shit is not ending. How about how about we are sick and tired of this war, bruv? Can it just fucking end already, bruv? This war is just sticking around, right? It's just always there, right? You switch on your fucking TV, boom, the war is still handing in. When is it going to stop? Make it stop, Jesus fucking Christ. People are still dying? Fam, hey, dude, 
We got bitches rubbing their clits in South Africa for sport. For sport. Right? We got we got cheesecake problems in South Africa. Right? And niggas are still dying in Ukraine. That shit, bro, no, that's fucked up. Ain't that, ain't that, ain't that a bitch? Bro, it's a bitch and a half. Right? Fam, this fucking war is just lingering. Right? It's like COVID-19. COVID-19 is just sticking around. It's just fucking lingering about. Bruv, when is this shit gonna end? I have so many fucking questions when it comes to COVID-19, bruv. Yo, fam, the questions I have are endless. Okay? I be out here questioning the world incessantly, bruv. What's going on in Zhengzhou? What's going on in China? Huh? Bruv, what do the Chinese know about COVID-19 that the rest of the world doesn't know? What? Like, motherfuckers are still under lockdown in China. I saw multiple videos of people getting sprayed like bugs. Okay? Like, fam, hey, what's going on in China? What does the fucking Chinese government know that we don't know? Bruv, how about, how about relay the information? Is this fucking, bruh, hey, has this fucking virus or disease or whatever the fuck it is at this rate, bruv, hey, I'm sick and tired. Bruh, what the fuck is that? Uh, you know, I, like, bruv, what, what's going on? What's COVID? Huh? Fam, is it morphing into something else? Because, hey, hey. If the rest of the world has gotten rid of face masks, however, China is still under lockdown, evidently the Chinese have some fucking info that the rest of the world doesn't have. What do they know? What's going on in Zhangzhou? Right? Niggas got fucking Foxconn shutting down. They have Apple going, yo, we won't be able to make enough iPhones. Bruv, hey, I'm privileged, so I have one. Right? They have Apple going, yo, we won't be able to make, you know, a lot of iPhone 14s. Bruv, I'd be like, hey, I already have one. It's all good. I don't care. Apple is how you're going, yo, yo, my nigga, yo, we won't be able to make a lot of iPhone. I'd be like, hey, I already have one. It's all good. I saw those fucking Steve Jobs Birkenstocks. They'll be, hey. Bruv, hey, niggas are auctioning Steve Jobs' shoes. I mean, it's getting out of hand. Hero worship is horrible for humanity, bruv. Took me three weeks to get a reservation here. And I had to tell him I worked for the government. Really? The city health inspector's not afraid to pull strings. Rachel, fancy that. Yeah, Bruce. Fancy that. Yeah. Rachel, Natasha, Natasha, Rachel. Natasha, are you the prima, prima ballerina for the Moscow Ballet? Hmm. Wow, Harvey's taking me next week. Really? So, you're in the ballet. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. The famous Bruce Wayne. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. So, let's put a couple tables together. I'm not sure that they'll let us. Oh, they should. I own the place. How could you want to raise children in a city like this? Well, I, I was raised here. I turned out okay. Is Wayne Manor in the city limits? <laughs> the Palisades? Sure. You know, as our new DA, you might want to figure out uh, 
where your jurisdiction ends. I'm talking about the kind of city that idolizes a masked vigilante. Gotham City is proud of an ordinary citizen standing up for what's right. Gotham needs heroes like you, elected officials, not a man who thinks he is above exactly. the law. Exactly. Who appointed the Batman? We did. All of us who stood by and let scum take control of our city. But this is a democracy, Harvey. When their enemies were at the gates, the Romans would suspend democracy and appoint one man to protect the city. And it wasn't considered an honor, it was considered a public service. Harvey, the last man that they appointed to protect the Republic was named Caesar, and he never gave up his power. Okay, fine. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Look, whoever the Batman is, he doesn't want to do this for the rest of his life, how could he? Batman is looking for someone to take up his mantle. Someone like you, Mr. Dent? Maybe. If I'm up to it. What if Harvey Dent is the Caped Crusader? <sighs> if I were sneaking out every night, someone would have noticed by now. Well, I'm sold, Dent, and I'm going to throw you a fundraiser. That's nice of you, Bruce, but I'm not up for re-election for three years. No, you don't understand. One fundraiser with my pals. You'll never need another set. Hero worship is horrible because it strips the fucking humanity from the human being. Right? Fam, the moment people start worshipping you, you become an object, a symbol, an idea. Right? You are no longer a father. You are no longer a fucking brother. You are no longer a fucking son. You are no longer a husband. You are just a thing. There's no difference between you and the fucking World Cup trophy, right? You're a thing. You represent something. And evidently people believe in you, right? Because you, you, you know, you represent something. Therefore, they believe in that thing, right? By believing in you. It's fucking bullshit, bruv. Niggas are out here auctioning Steve Jobs' dirty-ass Birkenstocks. I was like, bruv, what are y'all doing? It's fucking dirty. Oh, walk a mile in Steve Jobs' shoes. Ugh. You motherfuckers are disgusting. But I digress. Why are people still under lockdown in China? What's going on? We live in a crazy fucking world, bruv. Right? We live in a crazy fucking world. And evidently, little kids are catching Sifuba! All facts, right? Kids are catching something called RSV. Banina Bantabanga Zazba Pileland. Yambona Lucy. Uporegi. Spanning into Anayam. Also known as respiratory syncytial virus. And the numbers are taken up across the United States of America. Bruv, RSV is technically a common seasonal infection in children. And the vast majority of cases are very mild. But this year things are different. The number of kids falling ill and seriously ill is significantly greater than usual. Right, and some of them be out clocking the fuck out. And of course, there's no vaccine for RSV. 
right? Because the U.S. government be out here fucking up. There's no vaccine for RSV. However, you know, trust Pfizer. Trust AstraZeneca. Those motherfuckers have your best interests at heart. Okay? Trust Johnson & Johnson. They'll deliver. Right? They'll fuck it up. But they'll deliver. <laughs> Them niggas be out here fucking up baby powder. Hey, they'll fuck up the fucking RSV vaccine. But they'll deliver. Right? They fuck up a lot. But they deliver a lot too. That's just how it works. But I fucking digress. Bruv, why is RSV on the rise right now? Well, in New York City, doctors are you saying that the lifting of COVID precautions might have something to do with it. Cough, 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 cough. Ha 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 ha. I'm just fucking with you, dummy. I'm a fucking robot. No COVID for me, but you should keep your head on a swivel. And by the way, that mask is not for your chin. Are you stupid or are you dumb? What do they mean by that? Well, the math is simple, right? Over the past two years, we were cooped up at home because of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? And some of us had kids, and now those kids are like, what, two years old, if I'm not mistaken, right? And those kids grew up in heavily sanitized environments. Therefore, they don't have strong immune systems. So RSV is taking advantage of that. Bruv, hey, we are fucked. Everything is trying to kill us. Okay? Everything is trying to kill us. Bruv, as rising RSV rates coincide with the expected wintertime surge in COVID as well as an early flu season, experts are worried about a triple-demic. Bruv. All I want is a fucking triple deck. You feel me, bruv? That's all I want. I want to take my talents to Debonaz. Right? It's pizza, man. It's getting spooky. 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 Weird times. Global weirding. I want to talk about why some cultural phenomena, why some culture is perceived as posh. Because the English National Opera uh, is very accessible. So the, the obvious answer to that question, because it's so expensive, James, that's not, that's not relevant here. That's actually wrong here. I think you can go, uh, 15 quid, I know it's still a lot of money to some people, but it, it, it's about the price of a cinema ticket in the West End. So if you can afford to go to the cinema then with the English National Opera being in Covent Garden, you can afford to go to the opera. Shakespeare's plays were full of groundlings, as they were called. You know, people that uh, someone with a certain worldview might call plebs. People who were not posh would go to Shakespeare's plays. Mozart 
was hugely popular with the with hoi polloi, as the Greeks would say. The, this idea that, and I and I think it's English, maybe British, but definitely English. This idea that there's something posh about culture really upsets me. It really upsets me because the liberating nature of a beautiful piece of art, whether it's music, whether it's paint on canvas, whether it's a poem, whether it's a book, or whether it's a play, it's plays that I first plugged into as a kid, it's so immensely important to your mental health. The, the simple ability to step outside your own brain. It's meditative. It's, it's, it's quasi-religious. It's, it's an ability to step outside the quotidian, the daily grind, to actually rise above the minutiae of your daily existence and soar into uncharted territory. It is a thing of absolute beauty. And if you are laughing at me now, which I completely respect, if you are laughing at me now, that is tragic because it means you don't know what I'm talking about, which means you've never had that experience, which means you've never been lucky enough to have a teacher or a parent or a friend or an accidental encounter with a radio and some music. Come. You've never had that experience. Maybe some people get it at the football, actually, at an amazing sporting event, which can be a mixture of religious and theatrical, when you feel yourself soaring. When Kidderminster Harriers went 1-0 up against West Ham in the FA Cup last season, I had a spiritual experience. But I've had that experience in theatres, and I've had that experience in my own home, listening to a certain piece of music or reading a book. And why, why, why? <clears throat> in this country are the words I have just said in any way emblematic of something that is linked to social class? Why? I do not get it. I do not get it at all. If you read The Ragged Trousered Philanthropist, if my own maternal grandfather were still alive, they would share with you stories of cultural enrichment and cultural encounters, whether it's playing a classical music instrument or having... The complete works of William Shakespeare in the house. The idea that these things are middle class or posh is a national tragedy, a genuine national tragedy. And, and I think there's a, a strand of conservative thought that wants to make it worse that somehow wants to make it elite, more elite, and I don't understand why. And oddly, I think of Billy Elliot. I think of the power of that film, which of course became a stage musical. Which way round was it? What came first, the film or the stage musical? I forget. It doesn't matter. I think of that story, that incredible story about a lad from a deprived community discovering the transformative nature of art, in his case, ballet dancing. And somehow that film touched everybody. It didn't just touch people who liked ballet. It was like the best ever backstory on a national TV talent show. And, and, and that proves that I'm right. It proves that somewhere deep inside us, we all get it. We all understand the transformative nature of culture and art, whether it's high, middle brow or low. 
We all get it because otherwise Billy Elliot wouldn't have been one of the most successful films of the last 20 years. Wouldn't be a byword now for breaking down class barriers that are erected around certain cultural pastimes and certain cultural events. Why shouldn't a lad from a deprived mining community go on to dance at the Royal Ballet? Why the hell shouldn't he? And why shouldn't kids from his part of the country enjoy watching ballet? Or listening to opera, watching opera, or going to the theatre, or reading books. I move now from Billy Elliot to Jamie Oliver, because when Jamie Oliver talks about good eating and healthy food and delicious meals, he gets accused. A publican son from Essex gets accused of pandering to middle-class mores. And do you know something funny? As with so much that's rotten in this country, the abuse doesn't actually come from the people that are being talked about. You don't find genuinely working class people standing up and saying, oh, I hate healthy food and books. It comes from people like Nadine Dorries trying to somehow portray pursuits or the Daily Mail attacking Jamie, trying to somehow portray self-improvement as being patronising, to to portray aspiration, if you like. Oh, it's fine if you're talking about money and jobs and, 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 uh, you know, the proof that you don't need trade unions, you just need to work harder or get a better job. But the inner life... Empathy, imagination, beauty, poetry, power. Why the hell should they be confined to kids like me who went to private school or or kids who are lucky enough to have someone in their life that can open these doors, that can kick down these barriers erected by people who insist that there's something somehow middle class about books or healthy food? It breaks my heart. Why are we so weird about this in this country? 03456060973. Why is this country a place where we are told from a very early age that the inner life, the imagination, the magic of art and culture is something that is the sole preserve of the wealthy or the privileged? Where does that come from? And prove, prove them wrong for me. Are you somebody who, according to this bizarre model of looking at the world, you shouldn't be interested in something that you're interested in? You shouldn't. Your kid shouldn't be a ballet dancer. You, you, you've got no business enjoying opera. You, why, why are you listening to classical music? What sort of a social class? Do you see? How can it be so intrinsically linked, culture and class? It doesn't happen in other countries. It certainly doesn't happen in France. The idea that, that, that these areas of culture are a preserve of the privileged few... And that is why it is an absolute travesty that an organisation like the English National Opera, which I only recently uh, learned about myself, has done so much to make opera accessible to people who would never be able to afford to go to some of the more um, highfalutin venues in the country. It breaks my heart. You remember when Dominic Raab took the mickey out of Angela Rayner for going to Glyndebourne? Do you remember that? What an absolute shocker that man is. Why the... Well, a bit Anglo-Saxon there as well as a tribute to William Shakespeare. I, why the flip should Angela Rayner not go to the opera at Glyndebourne? What, what, because she's working class? Because she's from Salford? Because she's not rich? Because she didn't go to a posh school like I did and I presume Dominic Raab did as well? But what, do you see what I mean? Where does that come from? I've got one short answer to the question myself. Empathy is the enemy of fascism. 
The most powerful enemy of fascism is an ability to empathise with somebody else. If people in this country were currently imagining sitting in a dinghy in the middle of the English Channel with their own children, how do you think all the racist rhetoric would be landing at the moment that's been pumped out from all the usual suspects? How do you think Suella Braverman's use of the word invasion would land if you were somehow capable of imagining the desperation that prompts many people to get into those dinghies? Maybe not all of them. If you need that little bone, you can have it. You go and gnaw away on that little bone. Some of them aren't desperate, but the ones that are, imagine it was your kids. And you're never going to be able to do that unless you perhaps watch a film or read a book or somehow get inside somebody else's life. And that's what art does. And so that, for me, is one reason, perhaps, why a certain type of right-wing politician or, or, or commentator or columnist thinks that culture is best kept away from ordinary working people. That's pretty scary, right? Empathy feeds the imagination. Imagination allows you to empathise. And the ability to empathise means you won't let governments treat people appallingly, whether they're refugees or trades unionists, single mothers or nurses. 0345 6060 973. It's 20 past 11. You know, black economic empowerment over the last sort of five years have become a swear word. And maybe when we say it's a swear word, we're even elevating it because in order for something to be a swear word, it must be expressed. In other words, it must be spoken about and then people say, oh, don't say that. But it has has almost disappeared from our radar and our national agenda. I know that people say, oh, now, oh, she's going to come now with racist things. You can, you, you feel free to switch off if it doesn't make you feel nice. But... Black empowerment is not something we can apologize about, and it's not something that can be suddenly disappear from the radar. Right, so I want to analyze for you, and, and if you don't agree, please do tweet me at JJ Tawan, at Power to Truth, at ENCA, and tell me what your, your own views are. So, Mteto uh, Nyati says something like, you know, BEE is... is, is and I'm paraphrasing him, obviously. I don't want him to jump up and down. But basically, it says, be is called to failure. You know, if you want something to be incompetent and fail, uh, it's, you know, please stay away from BEE. This is really what he means. It doesn't matter how he put it. But essentially, he's saying, ESCOM is in trouble. It's the biggest thing in the country that will keep the economy going. So if you want that to be successful, don't talk BEE. I mean, it's a, it's a shameful thing for a black person who benefited from BEE to say such an atrocious thing. It's actually very shameful, but unfortunately, it's what we have come to expect of people who benefit from BEE on the one hand and criticize it on another. There's nothing that irritates me than black people who use a ladder of of legislation that's been passed in this country since 1994, affirmative action, BE with its various elements. They use this ladder to climb to the top. And then when they get there, they kick the ladder (laughs) so that nobody else can come in. Our own brother. 
because he did something for a principle, you will too. Life is bigger than paper with a white man's image on it. Life is bigger than a nice house and a nice car and a lot of bling bling. Life is bigger than an Oscar. Life is bigger than a belt. Life is bigger than something that says I am the best at what I do. I'm the most valuable player or my team won. But as a people, we are losing. We cannot afford to lose any of you. You are our kith and our kin, our flesh and our blood. And so I wanted to say something to help us to come together rather than break apart. Because it's yay and kari today. But what they're doing to them is to make you who are in the good graces of them, so you think. You see what we just did? Ye lost $2 billion in a few days. You might wonder, did he really have it? He lost that much that soon? You know when you signed a contract with him. I don't know what's in the contract, but you do. So evidently, Adidas and all the companies that Brother Kanye is signed to or was signed to until Mr. Ari Emanuel told everybody, just drop him. Beloved uh, brothers and sisters, look. Your day is soon coming. I'm asking you stop beating each other up in the public. Stop doing that. But of course, that's what the master wants us to do. There's a slave here that's getting out of place and teach him a lesson. Beat him up. I'm saying to you, don't do that. Call your brother. Come and sit down with us. Tell us about this movie. I understand that Brother Shaq, Keel, O'Neal, put it up in his theater. Go see it. You don't want to read secret relationship with blacks and Jews that we uh, financed, we researched. Yes, sir. 
And you told me when we sat down. We had dinner together in the home of the Jewish rabbi. I went, others went. I brought some of my people, and there were two rabbis. There was Irv Kupsinet, great reporter for the Chicago uh, Sun-Times. And after we had a beautiful dinner together, we, we looked like we were going to be on a page together where the controversy could stop. But the rabbi said to me, this is this love fest that is near the end of the dinner. But then he reached in his pocket and pulled out an envelope and said, but this is tough love. We want something from you. And they said, Minister, we have to watch you over a protracted time to make sure that you've changed. Then we had just put out the first volume of the secret relationship between blacks and Jews. And you all told me, we want you to renounce this book. Because it's a great calumny against the Jewish people. You said that to me. You said to me, Nobody that is deemed an enemy to the Jewish people is ever written of well in history. You know you control much of the publishing industry. So if you write the books, your people are heavily placed in the media. So when you all get ready to dog us out, you call those in that you pay. Then you told me that if I did all the things that you all asked me to do, you would clean up my image. You knew you dirtied it. But I'm not going to beg and bow to you to clean up my image. God is sufficient for me. And God is sufficient for Kyrie and Ye. And God is sufficient for everyone who has been made a millionaire, a multimillionaire, a billionaire. And then you call your man at Forbes and tell them, put it in the book, that there's a new billionaire black kid on the block.
There's Miss Oprah, one of the most beautiful women you could ever have as a friend. But now she has something to lose if she's not careful. Careful means you have to guard your mouth. So you used to be able to open it. I'm going to do that again. You used to be able to open it. Now when they pull that chain, now you can't find your voice. You're afraid. When fear grips you because you think you're going to lose something that's dear to you so you don't want to venture out because you're afraid. I say this, dear beloved, resist the devil and he will flee from you. To resist means to withstand the action or the effect of. Because if you stand and fight with truth and unity, you'll never lose even what you got. They don't want to be shown up. They want to put fear into you. And they do have power to hurt us. And God has plenty of power to hurt them. This was in the 1940s. It's playing by manual. Mm. Wow. They got a, they got a playbook against you Negroes. Right. Play it again. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. The streets of Doha erupted after Qatar won its bid to host one of the biggest sporting events in the world the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Here was a tiny country with just one major stadium and scorching heat, becoming the first in the Middle East to host the cup. The oil-rich nation has reportedly spent over $229 billion preparing for the tournament. That's more than 16 times what Russia said it spent on the 2018 World Cup. But behind the glitz and celebrity endorsements lie accusations of corruption and human rights abuses. Fans don't want to sit in a stadium that workers died to build. It takes the joy and the love that they have for soccer and tramples on it. Manju Devi's husband was one of thousands who lost their lives building the venues. So what's the true cost of having a small desert nation host the World Cup? The winner is Qatar! Today we celebrate 
but tomorrow the work begins. Qatar had just 12 years to complete the largest infrastructure project in World Cup history. The Gulf state had to build eight state-of-the-art stadiums, install new roads and rail lines, and expand its airport, not to mention find accommodation for over one million spectators. There's a big question mark over what all this infrastructure is going to be used for or whether indeed there'll be the demand for it post World Cup. Organizers have never admitted to the $229 billion price tag, but Qatar's finance minister said $500 million was spent every week for years to meet the deadline. A major expense was the cooling systems that were added to all but one stadium. This roughly tripled construction costs at Al Yanoub Stadium, which was one of the first to be completed. It's not just the fans and players that need cooling, it's the grass too. The country flew in grass seed from the US and grew it in massive nurseries like this. The turf used for the pitches requires special cooling and watering to stay in peak condition. But to make all this happen, Qatar needed a vast labor force. Migrant workers were behind its skyscrapers, resorts and man-made islands, but this was on another scale. Qatar recruited hundreds of thousands of workers, mainly from India, Nepal and Bangladesh, through agencies in their home countries. Just to secure a job, migrants had little choice but to pay recruitment fees of up to $4,000 before they left the country. And once they got to Qatar, they were already in debt and trapped in a system known in the Middle East as kafala. The kafala system can be a form of modern day slavery and the features of it amount in some cases to forced labor. It meant workers' visas were sponsored by an employer who had complete control not only over their job, but also their immigration status. So a laborer might have a passport confiscated. A worker might not be able to change jobs. Qatar um, would not allow exit visas. And if your employer is abusive, you have no way out. This is Diplal Mahato at home in Nepal. He spent seven years working on construction sites in Qatar. <laughs> In reality, the work turned out to be hard labor. He even worked through the summer months when temperatures could top 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Laxman Kamati shares a similar story. A chronic back injury from his time in Qatar prevents him from working today. Sometimes workers weren't paid for months. Those working on the Khalifa Stadium in 2016 were only making roughly 800 Qatari rials a month or $220. At the time, Qatar didn't even have a set minimum wage. But it was still more than most could make in their home countries, so they kept coming. 
Employers provided workers with accommodation that was often cramped, dirty and unsafe. There were a number of important investigations showing not enough water, too many people living together. Even if you got sick, it wouldn't be clear how quickly you could get to a hospital. Many who traveled to Qatar for work never lived to tell their story. Myral Katun says her husband Mohammed expected to clean houses in Qatar. But when he got there, his sponsor gave him a construction job instead. Hi, sir. But Mohammed never came home. He was one of hundreds of migrant workers who died by suicide. Qatar said it got rid of the kafala system in 2016, but human rights groups say it never really went away. Even since reforms were brought in in 2016, 2017 and 2018, we've still documented some of the hallmarks of the kafala system. And this includes passport confiscation, wage cheating, cracking down on workers who try to strike about wage non-payment or poor working conditions. Only in 2017 did Qatar prohibit work during the hottest hours over the summer months. But outside of that window, the heat could still be intense enough to trigger heart-related illness and even death. The Guardian found that there were over 6,500 migrant worker deaths between 2010 and 2020. But Qatari authorities registered 70% of them as natural deaths from sudden and unexplained heart or respiratory failure, leaving many families without answers. Part of the problem is that the government has refused to do autopsies. They haven't wanted to know the cause of death because then it would be chalked up as a death that was preventable. Under pressure from human rights organizations, Qatar shut down more than 300 labor sites in 2019 and set new guidelines around heat stress. A year later, workers were granted the freedom to leave the country without an exit permit and change jobs without their employer's consent. But some families who lost loved ones were left without compensation. If the migrant workers went to Qatar to pay for their children's education or to elevate the family out of poverty, and that migrant worker comes home in a coffin, the consequences could be catastrophic and they could ripple out for decades. In May 2022, human rights groups called on FIFA to create a compensation fund for migrant workers that equals the World Cup prize of $440 million. The World Cup has prompted huge attention on labour practices, not just in Qatar, but in the Gulf more broadly. Uh, and I think that that is a big positive. In October 2022, FIFA said Qatar had made real, tangible progress in addressing labour rights issues. Organisers made the inevitable decision to push the opening of the World Cup to the cooler month of November back in 2015, although the average temperature can still reach as high as 85 degrees Fahrenheit. The move was very disruptive to football leagues, especially in Europe, but many players are now perhaps more concerned about the reports of violations of migrant workers' rights in Qatar. One of my favorite images is of the German national football team. The players put human rights across their chests. So increasingly, athletes are saying, we don't want to play in a stadium that workers died to build. A number of teams are planning to make a statement on the field, 
like Denmark, whose players will wear toned-down shirts in protest. Meanwhile, the host nation has worked hard to polish its image. Qatar is paying David Beckham $277 million to serve as an ambassador for the 2022 World Cup. Promotional videos paint Qatar as the perfect tourist destination, and they seem to be working. The tournament's chief organiser said there's been a record-breaking demand for tickets. Qatar expects to make as much as $17 billion in revenue from the World Cup. But a big question is how will a country that's nearly 200 times smaller than Saudi Arabia accommodate all these spectators? Today, Qatari tourism estimates it has about 30,000 regular hotel rooms, but 80% of those have been booked by FIFA for official guests. As alternatives, Qatar has leased two cruise ships that can fit just under 10,000 people, called on homeowners to rent their properties to fans, and coordinated shuttle flights so visitors can stay in neighbouring countries. Tourists are also being offered tents in the desert. But for LGBTQ fans, the main concern isn't where to stay in Qatar, but whether or not they will even be safe there at all. We do not stop anybody from coming to Doha with any different backgrounds, any different belief. Qatar is a very welcoming country. Qatari law tells a different story. Homosexuality is still illegal and punishable by prison. Some hotels have said they will refuse accommodation for same-sex couples. There are many elements of the World Cup preparations uh, that people criticise about Qatar uh, and we're often with a lot of justification but the one which uh, I think is very unfair is the suggestion that Qatar somehow is a country that doesn't understand or doesn't like football. And if one of the biggest sporting competitions on earth is to go ahead, human rights organisations at least want it to serve as a lesson. The idea is there should never again be a World Cup that is so rife with human rights abuses and that the beautiful game of football should never be associated with migrant worker deaths. The comments that we got actually from the Afroforum representative are reflective of that because he says, listen, affirmative action policies are discriminatory in the way that the apartheid regime was. So he's implying that BEE and other policies are bad policies in principle. And actually that speaks to challenging the idea of social justice, challenging trying to fix um, the wrongs of apartheid. Because if we think about why did we actually choose these, these policies of affirmative action and BE, it was to redress the exclusion of people on the basis of the race. So you can't say that the redress is, is equivalent morally to the, to the offense at the onset. Mr. Fazel, why are you equating affirmative action, BE, the redress of past imbalances to apartheid. To answer the question of uh, equating uh, uh, what's happening today with the past, it's rather a question of principle, and uh, Mr. Jamie uh, touched on that. Can we not agree that racial discrimination and racially discriminatory laws are wrong in principle? I, I mean, the, the, the theme of this conversation is about social cohesion. Now, racial discrimination destroys social cohesion in every arena, in sport, in the workplace. It others people. It puts people what, what, into boxes. What is it? it puts what is it? Yeah, into racial yeah. categories brought up by yeah. the previous regime. What is it about the categorization of people into 
racial groups to address the past. It is wrong because you are stereotyping an entire race. Rather than looking at it at a case-by-case basis, is this the son of a rich carter or is this the son of a person that grew up in a shack in the township? That's a very big difference. And I don't think that you can make policy on a case-by-case basis. You have to look at the general trends, which is why you have office like Stats SA. And I think we need to be cautious when we talk about social redress because we are talking about social justice and the social justice that has the ANC hasn't done a great job but the ongoing social justice is exactly what is creating the lack of cohesion because on one side people are saying you're discriminating against us because we used to enjoy this thing exclusively and now you're bringing in other people into the room there are no incentives for boardrooms to diversify there are no incentives for private schools to diversify there are no incentives for uh, affluent neighborhoods to diversify and they're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth so like Floyd Patterson and other fighters, they just don't take part. They make a million dollars, they get them a Rolls Royce, they get them a nice home, they get them a white wife. Well, I made it, America's great, and the rest of them catching hell, and he won't say nothing. But when one man of popularity can let the world know the problem, he, can, uh, he might lose a few dollars himself telling the truth, might lose his life. But he's helping millions. But if I kept my mouth shut just because I can make millions, and then this ain't doing nothing. So I just love the freedom and the flesh and blood of my people more so than I do the money. Jubilation in the Ukrainian city of Kherson, the country's troops liberating residents after months of Russian occupation. This soldier returning to the arms of his emotional grandmother who dropped to her knees. ABC's Tom Sufi Burge from Ukraine, where there are fears that a humanitarian disaster looms. Tonight, euphoria in Kherson, a major Ukrainian city now free from Russian rule. Ukrainians hugging and kissing their soldiers, treating them as heroes, autographing flags. This soldier rushing to his grandma down on her knees, reunited after months apart, and tears of joy. Russia wanted to separate Ukrainians, says Elena. We are united as never before. The Russian retreat revealing a trail of destruction with many basic services cut off here, an entire population in need. But it's a symbolic and stinging defeat for Vladimir Putin. Ukraine saying it's recaptured 1,700 square miles, an area nearly the size of Delaware in just the past week. Tanya is from Kherson. Your city, it's free now. Yes. <laughs> she was one of those resisting the Russian occupation. She got out of the city just weeks ago. My main dream is uh, the victory of Ukraine. You want the Ukrainian military to keep fighting and to keep yes. taking territory? Yes. Our territory back. <laughs> well, tonight, Ukraine saying it has recaptured another village, this time in the eastern Donbass, and there are signs the Ukrainian offensive will continue in the south. Lindsay? Those reunions just so heartwarming. Tom, thank you. Absolute euphoria here at the moment. I'm using the phone and we're communicating by the camera and by satellite. It's a, it's a bit of a chaotic mess. There's no phone signals here. The Russians have taken all that down, destroyed the, the electricity, the water, the gas. Everything here is in a bad situation. But everyone here is out celebrating in the, in the square here. People are wearing the Ukrainian flag. They're hugging the soldiers. Uh, they've come out to see how it is to have freedom. And I'm joined here by Yulia and Olga, and we're going to have a quick conversation about how it's been. 
Tell us about the last eight months, Julia, under occupation. It was a really hard time for everyone. Every Ukrainian family waited for our soldiers, for our army. So how does it feel now today to see them? It's amazing, wonderful. Thank you very much for supporting us. We feel every day your support. Thank you so much. Can I hug you? Sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Olga. Can, can, we, can we talk? Yes, sure. Can you tell us about your experiences over the last eight months? We were waiting so long, but we were sure that this day will come and we will celebrate together with our people here and everywhere in the world. Thanks for all world that supported us, that helped us, and this day we are so happy to be here. We are so happy with our people to celebrate this day. This is something amazing, but it was hard, but we always knew that this day will come. And I think what everyone wants to know now, who's outside of here, what is the situation here now? Please tell us about that. The situation is very terrible. No gas, uh, no, sorry, gas we had. Electricity, no. Uh, power, no. Connection, connection, this is very important for people. People are lost. We don't know that. No, inter no internet connection. No internet connection, right. Uh, no water. But it's okay. We can wait. We can wait, but the more important, Ukraine back here. We can call to our families, to our relatives and friends. And we want to say, we are together. And I think a lot of people were worried, and the government was worried about if the Russian soldiers would stay behind, if there would be a battle here. Is, do, do you feel the city is safe now? Yes, city is safe for us. And, 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 and tell us how it was, because again, we haven't had good information here. What was the situation like living with, with, with Russian soldiers in control? What people you can see here now, I think many of them were hiding. They're hiding the Ukrainian flag somewhere in the corner. We were terrified by Russian army. We were terrified by soldiers that can come any moment in our house, in our home, just open the door like they're living here and steal, uh, kidnap, torture. And this was very, very veritable. I have goosebumps now when I'm talking. but. We did that. We wait and we celebrate it now. And, and what now? What, 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 what are your hopes now you, now you have liberation and, and freedom? What, what, what are your hopes? We feel free. We are not slaves. We are Ukrainians. We are proud of it. Yes, I agree. I agree with Julia. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank you both very much indeed. Thank, thank, you. thank 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 you. I'm, I'm afraid the situation. Slavo Ukraine, they're saying freedom for Ukraine. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our journey down here because it was quite, uh, quite the journey, uh, driving through vast areas of countryside, uh, going through. There were mines on the road. Uh, there were blown bridges on the road to get here. Um, the Russians really made it hard for the Ukrainian forces to, to advance down here and liberate Kherson. Um, 
That said, uh, the countryside is, is almost entirely deserted. Very, very few vehicles on the road uh, and the roads badly damaged. So I think, you know, for this city to get the restoration of power, to get the internet connection again, and everyone's been coming along here to, to use our uh, internet connection that we're talking to you on right now. Um, to get these things established, there's clearly a lot of damage that's happened, and it's clear that it's going to take uh, a long time. But this is just a moment of euphoria here, just a moment of, of celebration where people can come in the square and show their flags. Remember, Back at the beginning of the war, this was the city. Back when the Russian troops rolled in here, the beginning of the war, this was the city that tried to resist. They had protests. It's celebration. People. Liberation looks like this is what liberation feels like. The people of this city tried to resist the Russians. The Russians suppressed them. This is what Ukrainians are like when that suppression comes off. surprise many it would surprise I think many of those Russian soldiers who were here to know that these passions and these feelings were just hidden beneath, beneath the surface this was a city where people were taken away where they were tortured where they were disappeared but this is the spirit this is the spirit when the Russians are gone and they can be themselves. Um, it's quite remarkable to witness. But this was the square where people began, when the Russians invaded, to try to resist them, eventually beaten back, eventually shot back, uh, eventually driven into their homes, essentially underground. Now they're out, and this is a new day of liberation. Residents of Kherson cheered Ukrainian soldiers, tore down Russian posters, and raised Ukrainian flags. These verified videos posted online by Ukrainian journalists and officials show celebrations in Kherson after Russia retreated from the city. Just a few weeks earlier, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed and celebrated the annexation of Kherson, the only regional capital that Moscow had captured since invading Ukraine in February. The withdrawal from the strategic southern city is a major symbolic defeat for the Kremlin. We look back at the key moments in how Russia captured and then lost Kherson. This is the day when Russian tanks rolled into Kherson, the first major Ukrainian city to fall during the first few weeks of the war. But soon after the occupation, local residents came out in droves to protest. Demonstrations lasted for weeks, and in some instances, gunshots rang out. 
In the following months, the Kremlin laid out plans to turn Kherson into a Russian city. The Russian ruble became an officially accepted currency and Russian citizenship was fast-tracked for willing residents. By June, Russian state media showed footage of the first Kherson residents receiving their new documents. But around this time, Washington started shipping the first units of HIMARS to Ukraine. These are long-range rocket launchers and a game-changer in the war. This enabled Ukrainian troops to begin targeting bridges over the Dnipro River, which links Kherson to other Russian-occupied territories. As Ukrainian forces started retaking parts of southern Ukraine, Moscow held sham referendums in Kherson and three other regions, asking remaining residents whether they wanted to join Russia. A few days later, Putin signed treaties to annex Kherson and the other territories, and celebrations were held in Moscow. The annexation wasn't recognized by any foreign government apart from North Korea. Only a few weeks after the annexation, Russia began mass transfer of residents from Kherson, saying up to 70,000 people would be evacuated as Ukrainian forces advanced toward the city. Ukrainian soldiers also used artillery to cut off thousands of Russian troops in and around Kherson by targeting bridges in the area. After Moscow said it had completed its withdrawal, Ukraine confirmed that its troops had entered the city, marking a turning point in the war and a morale boost for Ukrainians. While the retreat is a political blow for Putin, Russia still controls parts of the Kherson region. And Moscow says it will now hold stronger positions to the east of Kherson, where it will be easier to resupply its troops as the war grinds on. I hope you found what you were looking for in Makkah using the spare key that you found or whatever you were planting in my car. I hope you found it. Fucking coward. So by sheer luck, by sheer luck, out of the gym and I saw him coming out of my car and things were moved from my car my bags were searched so I hope he found what he was looking for but unfortunately for him I step out of the gym at the right time a part of me wanted to continue training and instinct just said to me leave and I caught him just outside my car. So if anything happens to me, my private investigator has got my mom's details and let this live video recording be evidence that I'm being followed and that my husband is going through my car because he used the spare key from the house and he used the Jaguar tracking app to search for me and he found me and now he pretends like he's coming to gym. At six o'clock. That's your legend, Matthew Booth, the family man. Fucking disgrace. The U.S. Treasury says it has identified four members of an alleged Islamic State cell operating in South Africa. This comes just over a week after the U.S. warned of a possible terror attack in Santon. Durban businessman Farhad Umar and three of his associates are accused of providing support to ISIS. 
Humer and two of the men were arrested in 2018 for being behind a series of bomb attacks in Durban. The U.S. Treasury has now imposed sanctions on the fall. This means they've been blocked from doing any business with interests in the U.S. For more, let's bring in ENCA U.S. correspondent Simon Marks. Great to chat to you, Simon. Hopefully, uh, or rather, we'd prefer it under different circumstances. But what do we know about this ISIS cell in Durban and the four individuals, just to give our viewers an idea of their names? Nufail Akbar, Yunus Muhammad Akbar, Muhammad Akbar and Umar Akbar. What are they believed to have done or to be doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important, Annalie, to put this into a bit of uh, context. Uh, action was announced by the United States Treasury back in March of this year, sanctioning Farhad Huma, uh, whom the United States has identified as an uh, Islamic State ringleader, a recruiter, a logistical planner uh, in South Africa for alleged activities that then can be exported to other parts of the continent. Uh, so he was sanctioned earlier in the year and both the State Department and the Treasury are saying that this latest enforcement action uh, comes pursuant to the inquiry that led to that earlier action being taken so uh, they say this builds on the March 2022 designations today they've named two brothers Nufal Akbar and Yunus Mohammed Akbar uh, as senior members of an ISIS cell uh, based, according to the United States, in Durban. Uh, they describe one of those brothers as the central commanding figure in the cell uh, and the other as an enforcer and logistical coordinator. Then they're targeting two other people whom they claim are known ISIS associates, uh, Mohammed Akbar and Umar Akbar, those are the two men arrested back in 2018 uh, in South Africa uh, in connection with allegations that they uh, were involved in deploying an incendiary uh, device uh, that was planned uh, to explode near a mosque and some commercial retail buildings. Now, in addition to the action against those individuals, the United States is also sanctioning eight separate uh, South Africa-based companies that it claims are tied to these individuals and to Fahad Huma, the alleged organiser uh, of this Islamic State cell. Some of them are general trading companies. Uh, one of them uh, is uh, a company that specialises in jewellery, uh, another in waterproofing solutions, uh, and uh, one of them a gold trading company, also a construction company uh, on the list. They too are now subject to these American sanctions. Simon, tell us what these sanctions amount to in terms of preventing these individuals and companies from doing business, not only with the US, but here in South Africa and for the individuals who perhaps unwittingly do business with them here. Yeah, so as far as these individuals are concerned, these sanctions make them absolutely persona non grata from the perspective of the United States. Any assets that they may have in the United States will be frozen. Uh, they will be uh, immediately unable uh, to engage in any kind of financial transaction that even touches on uh, the American banking system. Also, Americans will be banned from doing business with them. So the idea is to make their lives uh, 
uh, very difficult and to restrict their capacity to act, uh, certainly with regards to the United States. But the United States making it clear that this action is being conducted under an allied global war on terrorism that the United States wages. And they'll be hoping uh, that similar enforcement action is taken uh, by friendly countries. They're also indicating uh, here that they are going to leave it to the South African authorities, as they did back in 2018, when uh, two of the men sanctioned today were originally arrested in South Africa, to deal with any uh, criminal liability that may exist. All of that would proceed through uh, South African legal channels. But as far as travel to the United States or uh, any interaction officially with business entities in the United States is concerned, uh, that's now off the table, banned by the Treasury as a result uh, of uh, this uh, Office of Financial Assets uh, Control uh, Enforcement Action. I think it's probably important also to underscore, and Lee, we have no idea if there's any link between this move that's been taken here today and that security warning uh, that was amplified and announced a few days ago by the U.S. Embassy in South Africa, not without controversy, of course, uh, in South Africa itself, whether there was anything tying that security alert to this enforcement action, we simply don't know. As you said, controversy and, and certainly a fair amount of friction between the government of South Africa um, and the diplomatic ties to the U.S. Uh, South Africans' government saying that uh, that warning was issued prematurely and without following the correct diplomatic channels uh, before being released to South African citizens and causing what they described as panic. Uh, do you know whether there have been any subsequent interactions between South Africa's government and the U.S. officials uh, relating specifically to the designation of these four officials? I mean, sorry, official, the p people. Uh, we don't know about that. Uh, yes, we, we don't know uh, officially behind the scenes what kind of communication uh, has taken place here. It would be unlikely based on past American performance when sanctions uh, enforcement action has been announced for the South African government not to have been given some kind of advance notice that this was going to take place and indeed generally the United States when it is announcing sanctions enforcement action against uh, residents of uh, friendly countries allies or partners uh, would provide that those governments with advanced knowledge uh, that this was coming. As to the broader relationship, I mean, President Ramaphosa, of course, uh, was here in Washington just a few weeks ago uh, for that meeting with President Biden at the White House that both sides essentially characterized as uh, an opportunity to reset the relationship. And it was notable that within the last couple of days, uh, the White House paid public tribute to the role that South Africa has played uh, brokering uh, the negotiations between uh, the uh, warring factions in Ethiopia, the White House going out of its way, as it put it, to applaud the government of South Africa for the role that it had played in bringing those uh, negotiations to some kind of a conclusion. But certainly uh, the fallout from that security alert issued by the U.S. Embassy uh, in Pretoria, seemingly without any advance notice being provided to the South African government, uh, is uh, a sting in the relationship and something that over time is going to have to be worked out. Simon, here in South Africa, we have a fair share of uh, problems and daily uh, service delivery issues that perhaps take people's attention away from international issues. Uh, very little daily talk of 
for instance, ISIS. Uh, I think some South Africans might be surprised to know that there is an ISIS cell or is uh, alleged to be an ISIS cell here in Durban. Uh, what is America's uh, view on South Africa um, or the role that ISIS plays internationally still, its war on ISIS and perhaps um, the, the activities of ISIS in South Africa? Yeah, well, it's an interesting question because here in the United States, of course, the Biden administration won't want to talk in too much detail uh, about what ISIS is up to, particularly in terms of tentacles of the Islamic State uh, that may have reached into South Africa and other parts of the African continent. Because remember, Joe Biden wants to tell the American electorate, and it's important to underscore, uh, Anne Lee, that we are talking on the eve of all important midterm elections here tomorrow that in many ways will seal Joe Biden's political fate for the next two years. We'll be talking about that uh, tomorrow here on ENCA, Election Day, I'm sure of that. Uh, you know, reminding the American voters that after Afghanistan and the U.S. Uh, military withdrawal, which was very botched as the Americans went about uh, their departure from Afghanistan, reminding Americans that that did create fresh instability because it has allowed uh, Islamic State and some of its proxy organizations to regroup with some Islamic State officials uh, absolutely finding safe haven in Kabul and in Afghanistan as they continue uh, to try and work on some kind of a comeback with multi-national uh, uh, aspirations to uh, boost not just their membership but expand their influence and potentially engage in terrorist organizations, uh, organization. All of that kind of runs counter to the Biden administration's narrative that uh, the war in Afghanistan was successfully wrapped up and over the horizon national security uh, approaches can protect Americans uh, and uh, friendly nations from the threat that ISIS poses. So it is interesting, the timing of this announcement on the eve of midterm elections here. I suspect it won't secure much coverage, if any, on America's uh, nightly news programs here. South Africa and ISIS not at the forefront of uh, the public's uh, mind collectively at the moment as we head into election season. Uh, but there's no question it does serve as a reminder that in some parts of the world, Islamic State, according to the Americans, is not just operational, but absolutely still a threat to U.S. Uh, personnel and U.S. interests. Simon, we're going to uh, require a lot of your time tomorrow to bring us uh, regular updates on those midterm elections in the U.S., so we'll let you go and get some rest. Thank you very much, uh, Simon Marks, our correspondent in Washington, D.C., bringing us that report about an ISIS cell uh, operating supposedly from Durban. Culture, it's okay. If the white man does it, it's okay. But if the black man does it, it's a problem. So do you know what that means to me? Do you know what that means to me? I'm going to tell you what that means to me. What that means to me is this is really not about hate against the untouchable community. This is not about hate against the untouchables. Because if it was, Jeff Bezos would have been served with a cease and desist. Remove that book, remove that DVD from Amazon Prime. Y'all ain't said a word to that man.
If the old man doesn't drop out of the DJI deal, my boy, I'm releasing those images, my boy. Uguti, it's home based in Chinese in Yanya Sakangaranan. I was got to go to Nandas with 50 million. House of Sweden. Tonight at 7 on E. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, but before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. <laughs> I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. <laughs> and I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy yourself some time. I got to tell you guys, I've probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. (laughs) I've never heard someone do good after they said that. He's gotten into some scrapes before. Normally, when he when he's in trouble, I pull up, I pull up immediately. But this time, I was like, you know what? Uh, let me see what's gonna happen first. I just want to see, I just want to see where this is all going. <laughs> I can't even remember how it started. Vaguely, I remember it started with a tweet, strange tweet. It was like, um, I'm feeling a little sleepy. I'm gonna give me some rest, but. When I wake up, I'm gonna go DEFCON 3 on the Jews. And then he just went to bed. I was up all night worried, what is he gonna do to the Jews? I grew up around Jewish people. I have a lot of Jewish friends. So I'm not freaked out by your culture. I know a little bit about it just from hanging around. I'd be like, yo, yo, let's go out at school tomorrow. They'd be like, we can't go out. It's sha-na-na tomorrow. I'd be like, where? <laughs> what is sha-na-na? I had so many questions. Why do some of your people dress like Run DMC? <laughs> Kanye woke up from that net. We went right to work. A year ago, I'd seen him on a podcast called Drink Champs, a great show, uh, and, and it was it was an amazing appearance. Uh, Noriega and them were there, the rappers that I love, and they all had their gold chains and stuff on. And uh, Kanye said, only millionaires wear chains. They said, what? He said, I'm a billionaire. Billionaires don't wear their money on their body. I tucked my chain and I said, oh, snap. It was a good appearance. It was fun and funny. But when he woke up, he went on Drink Champs again. This time, he was on one. He was mad about something. He said, I can say anti-Semitic things. And Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Adidas dropped that immediately. 
ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis. And they were offended. I guess the students surpassed the teacher. It's a big deal. He had broken the show business rules. Is this a rule? You know, the rules of perception. If, if they're black, then it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob. But if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence, and he should never speak about it. <laughs> Kanye got in so much trouble, Kyrie got in trouble. Irving posted a, a, a link to a movie that he had seen on Amazon. No caption on the post or nothing like that, but apparently this movie had some, I don't know, anti-Semitic tropes or something. And it was some weird title like From Hebrew to Negro or something. <laughs> and the NBA told me he should apologize, and he was slow to apologize. And then the list of demands to get back in their good graces got longer and longer, and this, this is where, you know, I draw the line. I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but, 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 but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just, you just can't. You know what I mean? Thanks to the one person that said who. <laughs> a fair punishment would be you should just post a link to Schindler's List and y'all write your own captions. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's black ass was nowhere near the Holocaust. In fact, he's not even certain it existed. <laughs> I saw one news pundit screaming about Kanye. She said, mental health is no excuse for that type of language. Yes, it is, bitch. <laughs> you kill somebody if you're mentally ill. Listen, okay, I don't think Kanye is crazy at all. I think... He's possibly not well. <laughs> well, I've been to Hollywood. No one wants y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, I've been to Hollywood. This was just what I saw. It's a lot of juice. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> but that didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. Doesn't mean we run the place. <laughs> I could see if you had some kind of issue. You know what I mean? You might go out to Hollywood and your mind might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business. It's not a crazy thing to think but it's a crazy thing to say out loud in a climate like this. <laughs> now the midterms are over and it's crazy climate. And I gotta tell you, uh, I feel like this midterm, like all of humanity depends on it. And it's an ominous sign. The most ominous sign in midterms, I believe, would be Herschel Walker, who I, I don't wanna speak badly of because he's black. But I have to admit, he's, um, he's observably stupid. 
Even when he's not talking, his mouth be open a little bit. Like <laughs> he's the kind of guy that looks like he thinks before he makes a move on tic tac toe. the news now they're declaring the end of the Trump era now okay I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era I'm, I'm just being honest with you I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites <laughs> a lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular but I, I get it because I hear it every day he's very loved and the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him he's what I call an honest liar well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> it's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if, in fact, the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? You remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. <laughs> and then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and did it right into the podium. No one ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, a star was born. No one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing inside of that house. And they just went right back in the house and started playing the game again. The Democrats were sore losers. I'm a Democrat, and I'm telling you, as soon as he won, they started started saying all that he's colluding with Russia, he's colluding with Russia. It was very embarrassing as a Democrat, but as time went on, we all came to learn he was probably colluding with Russia. <laughs> I even look at his wife different now. His wife is beautiful, no question about it, but she looks like the kind of chick that James Bond would smash but not trust. documents at his house. What is this? This guy that's famous for not reading his press briefings. Now all of a sudden he got 10,000 documents in his house and will catch him on his readings. I've been fired from jobs many times in my life. And, and I will be very honest with you. Sometimes I was fired. I, I stole things from the office. 
staplers, computer mouses, all kinds of stuff. Because you know what I never stole from work? Work. War in Ukraine brought it all into focus. And, and lucky for everybody in the Western world, the Ukrainians are way better fighters than we thought they'd be. I mean, these guys. God bless them. They're doing good. They killed 10,000 Russians the first week of the war. Even the Vietnamese were like, God damn, those are some good numbers. <laughs> this is before they had weapons. Before we started sending them weapons, they was killing Russians with things you can find around the house. That whole country, Ukraine, is littered with traps like Home Alone. They were stepping on wrecks and touching hot doing our ah! How is Russia losing to the Ukraine? That would be like America losing a war to Colorado. <laughs> now the midterms are over and everybody's awake. These new whites, man, they're like, the whites, they're like, they're like, they're like newborn babies. Just woke up. Everything white people are mad about, we've been on that. Man, I can't feed my family. White people are like, we've been on that. <laughs> We've been on that. Man, we should dismantle the FBI. Word to Martin Luther King, bro. We've been on that. Nobody listens to me when I tell these jokes. You ignore me. My first Netflix special, what did I say? I said, I don't want a sneaker deal because the minute I say something that makes those people mad, they're going to take my sneakers away. And the whole crowd's like, ha, 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 ha. But now you see Kanye walking around L.A. barefoot with his chain out. This guy lost a billion and a half dollars in a day. A billion and a half dollars in a day. I saw that. I said, put your chain on. Welcome back. It shouldn't be this scary to talk about anything. It's making my job incredibly difficult. And to be honest with you, I'm getting sick of talking to a crowd like this. I love you to death. And I thank you for your support. And I hope they don't take anything away from me. <laughs> Whoever they are. <laughs> we got a great show tonight. Brooklyn's finest. You're brave. You're brave for what you say and the fact that you stand up there and say it, and I appreciate it. I think we all appreciate it, actually, because there's not a lot of people that have the balls to do it. But I want to ask you something a little bit out of the ordinary. So, prepare yourself. 
at this point, we're living under a corporate and medical fascism. This is tyranny. When do we get to use the guns? No, and I'm, and, I, and I'm not, that's not a joke. I'm not saying it like that. I mean, literally, where's the line? How many elections are they going to steal before we kill these people? So, well, no, I, 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 no, hold on. I, I'm, no, stop. Maui, my beloved baby daddy, please shoot all these fools. Our cyborg kids want to update their software. Beep, 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 bop. I'm a robot, baby. Allah sent me here to destroy humanity. I love you. Allahu Akbar, bitches.